All right. Well, welcome. Uh, my name is Pastor Jay. I'm honored to serve here on staff at Southridge, and we're excited uh, to share with you part one of God at the Movies. Uh, first, I want to just welcome you. If you're here for the first time, no, we don't normally have pop and popcorn, uh, but for this month, for this series, we do something special, and that is uh, we just kind of uh, we celebrate kind of these these stories that are in our culture, and we point to them. And what we're doing in this series uh, for God at the Movies is we're pointing to the stories that are familiar to you and to those around you. And we're using that to draw your attention to the stories and the truth that is in the Bible. We find this, Jesus does this uh, um, throughout his ministry. In, In the first four books of the New Testament, Jesus is sharing parables These parables are stories where he's taking people to another place, another, just come with me. I want to tell you this story. And he does so to share with them a truth, a biblical truth. Uh, Paul does this in the book of Acts in, in chapter 17. He goes to a place called Mars Hill and he points to what's familiar around people to say, hey, this is what I want to draw your attention to. So, I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. I watched uh, Captain America for the second time with my son Jackson. Jackson and I love watching movies together, and we were we were sitting there. And normally, you know, the previews are just before the previews, where they tell you about you know you you hold the drink, uh, I'll hold the talking, and and you know turn off your cell phone and stuff like that. That's usually when I'm getting out all the snacks that I've smuggled into the theater. And uh, confession time, right? I buy the popcorn there, okay? Uh, but as, uh, as I, was, I was paying attention, though, to the Marcus Theater's uh, owner, who's giving us a message, and he talked about that, our, that people love to escape and to listen to these stories, to watch these stories. That's why they love movies so much. They, they feel like they're transported to another place. And so uh, we're, we're doing Captain America Civil War, and how many of you have seen that movie, Captain America Civil War? Oh, yeah. It was a really good movie. I, I, I think it's, uh, if you like the superhero uh, genre of, of movies, man, it was, I think it was one of the best movies this summer. Uh, really enjoyed it. I'm going to just give you a little bit of a synopsis so you kind of know what I'm talking about. And the characters that we saw there were uh, Captain America, who's Steve Rogers, and Tony Stark, who's Iron Man. And around them are some of the other Avengers, okay? And uh, the problem is, is that uh, they find themselves before the United Nations and the Secretary of State. Basically, that they have called them to the carpet and said, you guys have all went out and you've, you've saved all these lives. You've saved us from people from space and you've saved us from the evil people and, and the bad superheroes or whatever. But you know what? You've cost lives, innocent lives. Blood has been shed, and we need you to be accountable. We need you to sign something to say, you'll only go save lives when we tell you to. That's really what the beginning of this movie is about. And Tony Stark, uh, Iron Man, he's, he's got this, uh, this problem, and, and he, he sees that problem and says, yeah, we need to do that. But Steve Rogers, Captain America, says, no. I can't sign that. I can't sign that because if I do that, I know that this 
signing this and being a part of the United Nations and just waiting back in this kind of middle ground area, you know what? There's agendas there, and, and we may not know what we're fighting for or who we're fighting for. And what ensues is this conflict, and there's, there's another character that, uh, that, that's falsely accused, and uh, it, it, everything kind of builds up to this big moment in the movie where all the superheroes who were once friends are fighting each other. And it's about 15, 20 minutes, probably the best 15, 20 minutes of the movie, and it's really exciting. Spider-Man makes an appearance, and it's really cool. But there's all this, this civil war that happens. It's all about this ability to choose, to make a choice, to make a decision. And one side, Iron Man says, hey, we should just kind of be in the middle ground, and we're kind of superheroes. And Captain America is saying, no, we know what we fight for, and we will respond. We will respond. And Captain America is a very definitive character in the movies and in the comic books. In fact, the first time he appears, he really uh, is 1942. Here's, here's Captain America number one, all right? Uh, this sold one million copies in 1942 because Captain America was this superhero that everybody knew whose side he was on. He had clearly made a choice. He always makes a definitive choice of who he's fighting for, America, freedom, always uh, fighting against the bad guys, whereas in other comic books, there's guys like Iron Man and others that actually kind of waffle, and they kind of into this kind of uh, kind of for the good, or, you know, there's, there's some gray area. But Captain America, you know who he's fighting for. I love uh, in uh, the movie, he says to Iron Man, when Iron Man's trying to pull him in and and trying to get him to sign something, he he puts the pin down, and Captain America says, no, I can't do this. He says, when I see a situation pointed south, I have to do something. I have to respond. There's no way I can sign that piece of paper. I can't go into that middle ground in that gray area. There's a man in the Bible named Joshua, I want to draw your attention to, who had this similar, similar kind of attitude where he sees something pointed south, and every time he does, he tries to draw his people, the Israelites, back into the right decision. And we're going to look at actually kind of the last moments of his life, his farewell speech, which is in uh, Joshua 24 in just a moment. But just in case you don't know who Joshua is, you, you, we first see him in the book of Exodus, And he's a slave in Egypt. And then we see him as the apprentice for Moses. And uh, as he's always by Moses' side, he becomes a general. And as a general, he fights the battle of Jericho, marches the people around the walls seven times. He leads the people to a place to the Jordan River where God parts the, the Jordan River just like the Red Sea, leads the people through there. And he leads the people to the promised land. That's what Joshua does. And for Joshua, everything about him, everything about him in the Bible, as you read about him, says this, I am on God's side. I have chosen to serve God. That's Joshua. There's no doubt about who he serves, who he lives for. And in this scripture we're going to look at right now, He invites everyone else to make the same decision. Let's read together. This is in the New Living Translation. 
Joshua says, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Wait. Go back. There you go. Then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The people replied, we will never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord, our God, is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our eyes. As we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, he preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for he alone is our God. Now, at this point... Joshua and the Israelites, they have, they've arrived in the promised land. And before this, there was 40 years, 40 years of wandering around until only the people who had chosen God and remained faithful to him got to enter the promised land. So they enter it, and here he is at the end of his life, and he's saying, here is your choice. Joshua knows something very uh, important that he wants to make clear to them. And this is that everyone chooses to serve someone or something. You will serve a God, the one true God, or other gods. You have to make a choice. And he was concerned that as they were living around and amongst other nations who served lots of gods, that they would start to get into this gray area, that they would begin to get to this place where they were kind of serving God. That's what he was concerned with. So he implored upon them, you must choose. Choose a side. In Captain America... There's this line that really got my attention as I was watching it with my son. Uh, There's a man named uh, the Secretary of State, and he appears in two or three of the other movies. It's Thaddeus Ross. And he says to them, as he's saying, you got to sign this. You have to be under control. He says this, compromise is reassurance. That's how the world works. And believe me, this is the middle ground. This is the middle ground. In other words, he's saying the gray area is actually where a lot of people are. And you guys, the Avengers, even though we like everything you've done, we kind of want you to come over here into the gray area with us, to the kind of. You're kind of superheroes. You're going to be superheroes when we tell you to be superheroes. But other times, not so much. So that's this big line in the movie that really caught my attention. And it did so because, you know, there is no real middle ground. We like to think there is. We like to think that, kind of. But as Captain America is saying, you know, by being in that category of, I kind of believe in God, but I kind of also want to do this, you've actually chosen all this other stuff. You've kind of 
you, by saying kind of, you're choosing God's, not God. And so he's really trying to make that very, very clear here. For Joshua, he knew that there was no maybe kind of option. So he used these two key words, serve and choose. And they're very connected to something that is really important for us to understand about the character of God, okay? And that is free will. God has given all of us, all of us here, free will, the ability to choose, to make a choice of who we want to serve. He will not force you to accept his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for you to save you from sin so that you can choose a life of significance on this earth and life eternal with him. In fact, I love this scripture, Revelation, the last book of the Bible, chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. This scripture is a beautiful picture of what free will is and the choice that's before all of us today. Jesus stands at the door of your heart, knocks, and says, Will you let me come in? You must open the door. You must choose him. The choice is ours. One of the main reasons that God gives you a choice is because he desires that you will choose him because you want to. He wants your whole heart, that you would serve him with all of your heart, I love that. That's what it says in, in the scripture. Serve him wholeheartedly. And I want to kind of give you, just illuminate this, because I think uh, I, I, this tension sometimes of maybe have to and want to uh, sometimes develops. And um, my wife, I love her. I uh, love everything about her. There's, there's a condition I try to help her with, and that's the have to condition, which is she gets invited to things and there's this discussion of, I really feel like I have to go to this. I'm like, no, you really don't. You really don't have to go to that. I have to go to this bracelet-making party because I, I, I really should support that person and what they're trying to do. It's like, no, you don't have to go, you know? And we have this discussion kind of going back and forth. You really don't have to. And, so, and the discussion gets more intense when it's, we really have to go to that. I'm like, we don't. We really don't. You know, and, and so we we ha- we have some fun, and uh, so. But you know, it really illustrates what I want to talk to you about here, and make this one significant point, and what God desires from you. He presents a choice to you. God desires a want to heart, not a have to attitude. that you would want to serve him, that you would want to give your heart and your life to him. So he does not force you. He does not twist your arm. He's not trying to coerce you. He's not going to bang the, push the door down. He offers you a choice. Will you open the door and let me in? To your life, to your heart, will you surrender your heart to me? That's why he gives us a choice, because that's what he desires. He loved us first, okay? In, in 1 John chapter 4, it, we, we hear this. 
love God because he loved us first. That's what he desires, a response from you that says, yes, I love you. I recognize you love me first. I love you. I want to serve you. I want to give you my whole heart, my whole life. So the invitation for us and why Joshua laid out these two options to the Israelites, there's two options here. Choose God or the other gods. You pick a side. You choose a side. Captain America, if you've seen some of the posters or commercials or whatever, this was it. Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? And they were both recruiting all the other superheroes, you know, Spider-Man and Ant-Man and all these others. Come to my side. Fight with me. Be a part of this. So just like the Israelites... Just like the Avengers, the superheroes, you have a choice. Whose side? Who will you choose to serve? I want to walk you through four questions. Four questions because Joshua is asking some, he blatantly asks some questions, but he's also pushing the people of Israel to, make, to ask some questions of themselves. Ask some tough questions of themselves. And so I want to just ask you, Four questions for us to kind of reflect upon. Maybe today's the first time you're hearing about or given the option to choose to allow Christ into your heart and into your life. Maybe you've made a decision long ago, but that decision's gotten really muddy and not very clear. Or maybe you're in a battle. Maybe you're in a battle between two things in your life. And and those situations represent, will I serve God or not? So, let's look at these four questions together. The first one is this. The choice is clear, but have you clearly chosen? On Thursday, uh, I I was in prayer, and this was dropped clearly into my heart. I believe this question is really, really important. Because what happens in the scripture is, would you, Joshua said, would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? What was really unique about when you read different parts or stories, if you heard stories about the Old Testament, Moses, the people of Israel, is that they lived in a culture, they lived in a world where everybody else served gods, plural, okay? They, and they could switch between different gods, okay? They, they would switch gods and, and, and choose different gods according to the seasons, according to what was going on in their life. But the people of Israel were in this special relationship with the one true God, their creator. So he was speaking to this lie, which was polytheism, which is you can serve as many gods as you want. And when we think about that, we think, well, I don't know. Is that really happening? Is that, is that really something? And, and as, as I was thinking about that, uh, uh, I thought about the first time that I met uh, Troy, uh, Pastor Troy, our lead pastor. Give it up for our lead pastor. And I met Troy uh, in the year uh, 2000. 
long time ago. Uh, but he came to uh, AGTS, which is a, a seminary that I was attending. And uh, during that time, uh, uh, I was actually doing ministry, working. So I didn't often have time to actually go to chapel that they offered a couple times during the week. But this particular day, um, I believe, you know, God was orchestrating something. And I, I walked into chapel, sat down, and they introduced the speaker as Troy Bannerman. He came up, and uh, uh, he's from Holdridge, Nebraska, which is my wife is from. And, and so he began to talk, and he introduced himself, and he said, he said, hey, uh, my name's Troy, and I, I come from the... the from the land of Nebraska, where we, uh, we gather on Saturdays to worship at Memorial Stadium. The gods in the red and white helmets, you know? And, and I chuckled. I thought it was funny. But what he didn't realize was like 50, 60% of the students in there were international students from different countries. So, I mean, I remember chuckling. I looked at the guy next to me, and he was like, this? And, and I was like, that was funny. You know, I wanted to say, that was funny. That was a funny joke. So I was looking out for you, even back in before I knew you, so, uh, but you know, there's some truth, how about the Huskers, though, good, good game, yeah, good start to the season, uh, but there's some truth to what he was saying there about the gods, you know, gods, plural, and that we have a society and a culture we live in right now where there's actually this invitation to gods. There's an invitation to you pick. In fact, there's people that are actually saying, well, I kind of like what Buddha says over here, and I kind of like uh, Jesus. He was a good teacher, and I, I kind of like, I kind of, you know, and there's not much clarity. There's the kind of mentality. There's the gods that's happening in our culture. There's the invitation, and that's okay, but actually it's not. What God has invited us to is to clearly choose Him. To clearly choose God. We have to recognize this is a lie, that, it's, that you can just serve a whole bunch of different gods. To clearly choose God, it should be clear to others who you have chosen. It should be unmistakable. It should be unmistakable to the people that you work with. If you've made a choice... It's not like, uh, they're kind of a Christian. They're kind of a believer. They actually, when they see that, they're like, yeah, they're kind of a hypocrite. You know, you hear words like that. They say that they love Jesus, but I see how they're living over there and all the things that are important to them during the week. It doesn't make sense. The choice is clear, but have you clearly chosen? The second question is this, are you willing to be the first to step out and step up? Joshua does this by saying, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Joshua makes this big plea, this this dramatic, inspirational plea. Say, you choose, who will you serve? But he doesn't wait, step back and say, okay, what do you guys think? He steps up. He says, for me and my family, we choose God. Knowing that, hey, he could be the only one. You know, this, I, I believe this should inspire all of us, but especially for men, for your families, that you would step up, 
that you would show your kids because he was being an example to his family, to his kids to say, this is us, this is what we, I'm going to put my stake in the ground and say, I choose. There's no kind of about it. I will serve God with all my heart, with all my life, with his children, with his, with the, with, with his family watching saying, yes, for me, this is my choice. This is my choice. In Captain America, uh, you know, the story of Steve Rogers is this story of, uh, if you look back in the comics or the very first movie that introduces us to this character, he is, uh, he's, he's like five foot nothing and, and, and a buck fifty maybe, and he can't barely lift a rifle. But in World War II, you wanted to fight. You wanted to fight. You didn't want to be one of those at home. And so he wanted to be, he wanted to fight. That's why he stepped up to be in this experiment that made him super strong and powerful and able to be preserved in ice for 50 years or whatever else, you know. But he stepped up. Will you be the one in your home? Will you be the one in your workplace? That you would step out and step up and say, yeah, I serve God. Yeah, I follow Jesus. He's my Savior. I, I, I do it with all my heart, with all my life. I want to tell you about it. Are you willing to be the first to step out and step up? The third question is this. Do you realize what God has done to rescue you? What's cool about the response here is that the Israelites respond with a big yes, and then they say, here's why. Because our God is the one who rescued us. They pointed behind us. You know, look at all that God has done for us. How could we not choose him? Do you realize what God done, has done to rescue you? I love Captain America, towards the beginning of the movie, says, we are trying to save as many people as we can. God's doing the same thing. In a lost, hurting, broken world filled with evil, sin, pain, all the stuff that you see, read, shows up on your Facebook you know, feed, whatever, all the stuff that you shake your head at, God is saying, I want to rescue as many people from that as possible. Do you realize what he did in sending his son to die for your sins, a terrible death, so that there would be nothing that would separate you from him? The only thing that separates is a choice to serve him. God's on this rescue mission. I want to show a picture. Uh, and maybe you've seen this. Anybody seen this dramatic rescue uh, in Louisiana that this happened? A, a few of you maybe have. Uh, uh, this was in Baton Rouge where uh, this lady on the left, uh, on the left there, uh, was in a Mazda Miata, okay, which is almost a car. And that car is, is sinking, sinking. And they come up in this boat and I guess somebody seeing what was happening had a, had a GoPro or something, was videoing it, and they had something to, to like, puncture the, uh, uh, it was a convertible, the top of it, so they could get in and get her out. And the guy there on the right 
reached down with his hands in the water like this and pulls her out. And as she gets up and and she's catching her breath and, and she says, you have to get my dog. And so he swims out further and he dives in to this little car and somehow he comes up with the little dog. That lady is never going to forget that guy's face. He's always going to remember that rescue. God is reaching down into your heart, into your life. He wants to use you also if you've made that choice to reach down to rescue. All you have to do is grab on and say, yeah, I choose you. This next question The last question is this. Will you take what's at stake seriously? A couple verses later, we didn't read this, um, but I encourage you to continue reading. It says, Joshua, hearing them say yes, stops and says, okay, all right. Just so you know, if you don't choose God to serve him alone, if you say yes now, but then no later on, There's consequences. He says, if you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been so good to you. In the Old Testament, what you see is a story of the Israelite people for much of the Old Testament in what is called a covenant relationship, right? And this was a promise, a promise that God said, you will be my people, and they said, we will. You will be our God in this special relationship. And so if they abandoned that, there had to be consequences. There had to be consequences if they turned their back. And so this is what Joshua is talking about. Now, because of Christ, we are under grace. Okay, we, we have been given grace. And once we are given this choice, all right, and, and if we choose not, to accept Christ as the Lord of our life, to invite him into our heart. If we choose that choice and we walk away, we turn and we go in another direction, the consequences are actually, most of which are in eternity, which is eternity without God. And so it's important for us to understand this question. Will you take what's at stake seriously? I... I want to highlight this with something we say in our home all the time, which is this. Make a good choice. Make a good choice, kids. I have a 6-year-old and 11-year-old. Make a good choice because if you don't, there's consequences. You don't get special privileges. You miss out on things. You have to watch your brother eat ice cream while you don't. That's happened. All right? Make a good choice. My six-year-old likes to bite back a little bit, though. She wants to give us consequences for the consequences, saying, you're not my friend anymore, you know? And my, my, my favorite was one that somehow made it from the kindergarten playground to my home, which was, you are not invited to my birthday party. And I was like, okay. I was, my wife and I were uninvited to my daughter's birthday party at least 10 times in the last year. All right, and we're like, well, yesterday was her birthday party. I made the list. I got to go. She must have realized that there would not be a slip and slide. There would not be uh, presents. There would not be treats without dad there. So I got back on the list. But making a good choice, you have a choice before you. 
you have a choice before you. But do you, will you take what's at stake seriously? I hope you will. You will make that choice to, to serve God alone. You know, back to this story of Joshua. Joshua, uh, in this scene, it's not just his farewell address. It's actually uh, what is known as a, uh, a covenant renewal ceremony. And it happens a couple times in the Old Testament where the leaders would, or the leader or leaders would come and they would say, everybody gather together. We want to promise to serve God with all of our heart. Choose him because everything had gone awry. In this case, Joshua saw what was around, that kind of was all around them. And so he invited him to say, as for me and my house, we will serve God. He invited him to make that choice. And what he did was afterwards, he said, okay, great. We're going to remember this and we want it to stick. So they would always have something as a reminder. And he rolled out a big giant rock. That this stone was the way that they would always point to that. Remember that? Remember your choice? And then he shared this scripture because he wanted the decision to make it to, to stick. In verses 23 and 24, he says, All right then, destroy the idols among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. I want to just give you three things with this scripture to help you make that choice to serve God, which I hope you will make to serve him with all of your heart to make it stick. The first is this, to turn your heart towards God. That word turn appears all throughout the Old Testament. Turn your heart. Turn your heart. Prophets would say it. Leaders would say it. Turn your heart. In the New Testament, that word is repentance, which is literally to turn to turn away from whatever is in front of you that is destructive, whatever you've invited in your life, all the different gods to turn. Just to kind of illustrate this, uh, I want to share a story about, I I believe, I truly believe some of the things that happen with my kids and uh, happen so I can share them with you, okay? And this is very true for this moment because God when it happened, it wasn't like, oh, wow, there's something to that. God pointed back to this, and, and I believe I need to share, share it with you. So on Monday, uh, uh, I took my kids out to eat at Amigos. Do we have any Amigos fans? Yeah, that's, that's about the same as the first service. But, uh, um, but I love uh, Amigos for after 5 o'clock. It's, you know, a dollar off the kids' meals. So I took my kids there. They were excited. My goal for taking my kids out to eat, especially when I'm by myself, is I got to get them fed. I got to make sure that there's this little uh, mess in the restaurant and on their clothes, especially with my daughter. And then the last is very important that they wouldn't make a scene, all right, a spectacle that I would just be like, oh, let's leave this restaurant, okay? So I I do different things to kind of, I'm trying to, at the beginning, I'm not really paying attention to my food. I'm trying to get them set up so they can eat. And I was getting some things, and my daughter, 
was going to get her drink. Pop is a special thing, and it was a special thing on Monday. I said, you guys can have pop tonight, okay? For those of you who are foreigners, soda, okay? And so, uh, so my daughter takes this cup, and she runs over to the fountain to get her drink. And about a minute later, I'm over there, and my daughter is doing this. Coke, Diet Coke, Mountain Dew, root beer, orange, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm at the, you know, by the time, I'm like, stop, 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 stop. And I was like, Haven, you will not like that. You will not enjoy that. And please don't do that. And at that moment, she pulled away from me, and she started to drink. And she started to drink, but not for very long, because she immediately took this concoction of liquid from her mouth and looked at me and said, Ooh, no, that's yucky. And she stepped up to the fountain reservoir, and she took her cup, and she turned it, and she emptied it. And then she turned to me, and she gave me an empty cup. And what's good about that is God pointed back to that and said, you know, that's, that's the heart that I'm looking for. And that's what I desire for my kids. That's what I believe he desires from all of us, that we would take our heart like an empty cup and present it to him and say, you, you alone fill this cup. That's what he desires. And to, to have that happen, we have to make that choice to present it to him, our heart. But first, we oftentimes have to turn it upside down and pour all the junk out of it. I'm sure all of us have some junk that we need to take our hearts and we need to turn it upside down. And today, make that choice. The second thing is to burn the things that pull you away from God. Throughout the Old Testament, there are stories of the Israelites coming to the realization that they have made terrible choices and invited all the different gods into their life, and they destroyed them, and they burned them, and they, I mean, it was like, we want to make sure that it's clear, that's not our God anymore. That's not our God anymore. An idol, an idol is anything that can compete with God alone. That phrase that we found in the scripture, to serve God alone, anything that competes with that can become an idol in our life. I remember uh, when I was serving in in Missouri as an associate and youth pastor, uh, I was a part of a a life group, which I encourage you to be a part of. Uh, And in that life group, we had a single guy and we had young adults and, and we had singles and couples and this in particular guy his name was Brandon started to develop a friendship and he said hey you know for our fun night why don't you guys come over I have kind of a movie theater set up and we can I said that's awesome and I went over to his house and I got there early to kind of help set up food and I remember he said yeah yeah, let me give you a tour you know I've moved in here in the last six months and and nice house and we're walking through and we get to this he said yeah I'll show you this other bedroom here and he opens the door and it is wall-to-wall in a 14-by-10 bedroom of, like, toys. 
like collectible Star Wars, Transformers, every single kind of movie you could think of onto the floor, all in packages. He's like, wow. I was like, you know, I love Star Wars. I love some of these movies. I was like, wow, this is awesome. But in the back of my mind, I was like, this might be unhealthy. (laughs) This might be unhealthy. All right. You know, it's amazing the things that we can get caught up in, that we can collect, that we can let absorb our time, our money, and our life. And there might be something in your life that has started to just take over. I encourage you, I implore you, whatever that is, it's not worth choosing, not choosing God alone. The third thing is this, quite simply, learn his ways and follow them. The people said, we will obey him alone. This journey of finding out what it means to obey God alone, it's a difficult one. And we make mistakes, and God knows we're going to make mistakes. Okay, but it's a learning process. The best way, the best place to learn is in community. And we do that through life groups here. We encourage you, be in community. I've heard it before. I've asked people before, hey, are you in a life group? Uh, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if that's for me. You know, maybe next time. You're isolating yourself, and it became, becomes very hard to learn on your own. Get into a relationship. Sign up for one today. Don't miss out on that opportunity. As I wrap up here, I, I wanted to just point out one word that I've kind of waited to to emphasize here. Joshua, as he's encouraging and inspiring in this moment of saying, this is what I'm going to do. He says this, then choose today whom you will serve. Today. With that word, there's a, a definite sense of urgency. Today. Make that choice today. I had to think about uh, a couple months ago, we had an RSVP that was, I don't know what it was, I think it was to a, a wedding or a graduation party or something. And for a while, that RSVP like sat on the counter, it was up on the fridge, and my wife was like, hey, are we going to go? Are we going to go to this thing? We need to decide. They need to know. Do we have to? Do we have to? I thought about that because, you know, there's this clear, like, if you're coming, let me know. Let me know. Mark on there, yes. The digital invites and the Facebook world has made this a little more cloudy. Offering, and maybe you've received one of these invitations. Yes, no, or maybe. You know, the maybes, like, I don't really want to hurt your feelings, so I'm going to put maybe, because I really don't want to go. Maybe, maybe I'll go. I think about the invitation that had been given to us, and Pastor Troy talked about this in in this last message last week, and the invitation is extended an invite to us Jesus died a terrible death on the cross, rose again, has left us the truth that leads to a life full of meaning on this earth. 
and the way to everlasting life. That is the invitation that's left for you because of Christ dying on the cross. That you can choose him. You can open the door and allow him into your life and to say, I give you my all. I want to live for you. I want to follow you. I want to learn more about you. I want to spend eternity with you. The invitation is before you. I can't imagine saying, I kind of want to come. I can't imagine saying, maybe. I encourage you to say yes today. To choose to serve him with all of your heart today. will bow your bow your heads for just a moment just with your eyes closed just in a moment of prayer i'm going to give you an opportunity to respond if you're saying today is a day i need to choose maybe you need to choose again because the choice you made long ago has become cloudy with maybes and kindas and all kinds of stuff that have made it into your heart and into your life or today you're saying for the first time ever I want to follow Jesus. I want to invite him into my heart. I want to choose God. I want to choose him and him alone. You do so with a simple yet significant prayer. You agree with this prayer that I'm about to say right now. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You came and you rescued me. And as you reach down, I reach up and I grab onto you and say, will you forgive me? I want to invite you into my heart, into my life, and I want to spend eternity with you. If you have made that step right now, and if you prayed that prayer and you agreed with it, you say, I choose him today. Reach up your hand right now and own it and say, I choose today. And if you're here today and you're saying, I need, I need to, I need to turn my heart back. I, I chose God and I, I choose him again today, but I need the strength to empty out, to turn my heart upside down of all the junk in my life. I need to get away from the kinda and I want to choose him with everything that I have the battle that's going on in your heart for your life, for your marriage, right now, you want to make that choice and you need the courage and the strength from the Holy Spirit to make that choice today. If you just need courage and strength for the battle that's happening in your heart right now, just raise up your hands. I just need help. I just need the strength. Yes, yes. not in this alone, that you want to help us through, to navigate through all the middle ground that is around us, that we would step up and step out and say yes to you with every part of our life. Help us to do that. Give us courage. Bring people alongside us in community so we would learn to obey you alone. Thank you again that you love us enough to give us a choice. Of our hearts, we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen.